It's now time for Race Chat Live. that auspicious uh, video we did a little while ago. I know. All right. So uh, it was a hell of a two months. There he is. We thought maybe maybe you pulled a Craig and went to sleep. No. Now my (laughs) phone's ringing. Um. Yeah, guys, we got a lot to talk about in a short time to get there. Uh, Craig, uh, I, I did open up, but uh, um, obviously my mic was not turned on. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. It was a hell of a weekend at Dover, but why don't you um, give me just a second. do the give me opening? Second, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so, Race Chat Live, welcome. Uh, glad to have you all here on this uh, Monday night, and uh, we do appreciate all of our listeners. We've got a action-packed show in store for us here tonight. Uh, Timothy Bates, this is a tongue twister, guys. It's the Short Track Super Series Cajun Region. They're the Big Block Modifies. We're going to talk to Timothy Bates. Man, oh, man. The big shows that they've been putting on are completely awesome. Uh, and some even bigger shows, $20,000 to win is what I was seeing on some of the uh, on, on the website there. So cannot wait to talk to Timothy. Of course, we've got a lot to talk about. Alex Bowman, wow. I think everybody would have picked uh, another driver. I know we missed it all. We all missed it by Country Mile. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let me uh, – yeah, um, Craig, you, you, you get us going here. No, it was a great weekend for racing. I mean, you and I blew chunks. Big jumps. We both picked the 18, and well, he uh, blew, literally. And uh, Hendrick came out with a one, two, three, four finish, which is great for is, Hendrick. Sucks for is Larson. Is Hendrick back? Is Hendrick fully back? No, no, no! Don't go putting your don't be, don't don't go putting your before the horse sunshine. <laughs> Things like that happen once in a great while. You won't see it again for the rest of the season. I guarantee it. As a matter of fact, I think the next team you'll see do a one two is Penske. And uh <clears throat> I, I think we're right, under bro underplaying the whole top four finish. Either they were cheating or they're back. And, I mean, I'm not going to be too far to say that they wasn't cheating because I, I know that they cheat and they like to cheat, and that's probably what they was doing. Well, listen, if you I mean, ain't cheating, is, you ain't trying. <laughs> ah, that's the old saying, isn't it, Craig Moore? 
When he put the 48 on the wall and burned them down, I completely went right into my typical conspiracy theory that uh, he was doing that to mess up the, uh, the, the, the undercarriage of the car so that it can pass the post-race inspection. Because I believe still to this day that that's what Jimmy Johnson was doing when he would do it. So, I mean, why the hell not uh, pass the conspiracy over to Alex? But, man, I rocked that, that, uh, that, that uh, uh, I guess, tip of the hat, the hat tip that he did to Jimmy Johnson there. But, I mean, do we, do we under the fact that Hendrick had four big cars in the top four, guys. Uh, it's been Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs all year long. But it looks like Top Gun in the house is uh, Hendrick Motorsports after this past week. Yeah, well, I think I think it's too early to tell Top Gun yet, but I do know that SHR, if they don't get their head out of their asses, uh, they're going to be in serious trouble. Yeah, I don't even know why we would even mention uh, SHR because that's literally how their race team looks right now. Not even mentionable. Uh, I think I think Chris Busher is uh, putting together a lot more solid season than the entire uh, race group at Stuart Haas Racing. They've yeah, got uh, they've got some major problems going on over there at SHR. Busher impressed me yesterday, uh, uh, and not not only him but RCR too. I mean, both of those cars were up there. Uh, Daniel Suarez ran about right around top fifteen, like we have been seeing for the last number of weeks. Outside of any bad luck he ran into, I mean, some of these guys we didn't we either hardly talk about or don't talk about at all showed up yesterday and it blew everyone's mind and you guys mentioned SHR you look at wins by teams by race teams JGR leads that with five for this year so far Hendrick right behind them with four Penske with three front row thanks to Michael McDowell with the Daytona 500 has won SHR is taking a poop all the way out left field and trying to figure out what the heck they're doing wrong. And I mean, you have one driver doing the work for you. That doesn't work out very well for you. Well, they're stinking up the whole damn show, and I don't. And that's I don't use that. In, I don't use it in a good way. Uh, Miss Lee just chimed in. If Almarola didn't have any bad luck, he'd have none at all. Oh, two hard licks in decent. the last two weeks. He ran decent till that happened. Yeah, yeah, two hard licks in two weeks, man. It's uh, it's be it's not only beating his uh his mind, it's also beating his body. Uh, the g forces that that kind of hit would have at a track like that, going up the racetrack there, <laughs> uh, it was definitely, definitely a hard hit. Uh, so I mean, SHR down in the dumps, uh, HMS. Stock rising, JGR, where are we at? I mean, you know, obviously we feel like, uh, I mean, really, though, do we take this away from Alex Bowman? Do we actually take this away from Alex Bowman? Nobody here had that guy picked. Nobody here had that guy picked. We thought, oh, he's the one win a year, right? The one win a year kid. That's that's who Bowman is. Now Now he's won 
you know, twice as many races as as uh, anybody other than Martin Truex Jr. Is this Alex Bowman's show? I don't know. I mean, he is a showman. Showman, Bowman the showman. I think Ally's really happy. I think Ally's really happy. And uh, there's going to be a think, long-term deal here. Excited I think Ally is. I think Ally's contract is through 2023, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Bowman gets a contract extension. Well, we know we're definitely looking at Bowman staying um, for 2022. The question is, is he going to get – is 2022 going to be his contract year, or are we going to see more than that and stay with Ally? And I believe in the longer run, you – you do the multi-year with Bowman. You, you, I mean, you see how he runs this year so far. And then you see, okay, how do you take 2021? How do you improve for 2022? Or, yeah, 2022 with the next-gen cars, you know, that goes. And then 2023 should be your contract year. I mean, he's, yeah. he's young. He's young. He's got the talent. He's shown it. It's just a matter of, how much you believe in the guy, and you and right now you kind of have to believe in the guy. Right, right. He's definitely. Uh, I mean, any. I mean, this is three years in a row that he's won. I mean, this this is a this is a consistent thing. He's. I think you know when you get outside of two to three wins, then you then you kind of start getting the respect from the garage, and that's where you have separated yourself from a Bobby Hamilton or a, you know. I, I mean, I use his name loosely. Jamie McMurray. How many how many wins that guy got? Like six or seven. You know, Clint Boyer. You know, you kind of start putting yourself in certain categories of well, at least you got more wins than this guy, right? I mean, you know, uh, but you look at what's going on. Uh, the big picture here is Ford is obviously in trouble, guys. It may not be. It may, I mean, Roush is one of the strongest forwards in the in the fleet right now. That's been a long time coming. They definitely don't have the type of caliber drivers that you have at uh, Penske or at Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, but it just seems like all around Ford is missing something this year, and I think that that's come into play as we get deeper into the season. We'll, we'll start to see the separation of some of these tracks because there's a reason why the Chevrolets were up front, right, Taz? Right, Craig? Because the other cars were not catching up. That's, you know... Um, this was a high-horsepower, low-downforce racetrack, and Hendrick Motorsports uh, went straight to the front. And it was a strong outing by Chevrolet in general, if you look at the top 20. Well, getting back to your comment about Ford, or about Ford in general, I don't know what they've got to do to fix their program, but they need to hurry up. Uh, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. SHR was a team to be reckoned with for a while. If if they're not careful, I mean, Harvick's probably only got about another year or two left, and then he's going to hang it up. Keelan is, uh, Keelan is racing now. And I think that uh, Kevin's going to want to be home doing that. But if he's if they if Ford in general is not careful, um, they could be in serious trouble as a whole come the chase. So, but Chevy, I don't know what the hell they stepped in, but 
it was it's something and they're they're moving they're moving in the right direction finally the golden horseshoe has come come back the the interesting now, stat of the weekend the interesting stat of the weekend before i turn it back to taz is mike joy stated that the average age at hendrick motorsports is now 26 26 years old and you look at the average ages of these other race teams and you start asking yourself who's on the rise well we know who's on the rise hinder motorsports go ahead Tad. now question for you guys and i'm gonna and i want to hear craig's uh answer first because i have a good feeling how chris is going to answer this one so i want to hear craig's first before chris goes into this now we look at we look at shr now we have one veteran. Well, actually, you can you can kind of say two veterans, but you also have two young guys who are in their first and second year of cup racing. You look at Hendrick when they were struggling, when Junior and eventually Jimmy Johnson left, and all these younger drivers are coming in slowly with Hendrick and needing needing kind of a push and the rise to make a name for themselves because obviously the led, the the older names and veterans of the sport were leaving. Um, do you see right now SHR right now in the same spot as Hendrick used to be when Junior and Johnson were the veterans and the younger guys were slowly coming in? Yes. Yes. Yes, do yes it does. Yes. It does. Go ahead, Craig. It's it's Chris just said it and he took the words right out of my mouth. It mimics Hendrick in the fact that you've got as I just said a couple of minutes ago, Harvin's in Harvick is in the twilight of his career. Al Marola can't find his way out of a wet paper bag. He probably couldn't win a he probably couldn't re- win a race if it was him and a pace car. So you have to look and see how many of those drivers are going to be gone? I don't think if Almarola doesn't start performing, I don't care. I don't care what kind of a relationship he's got with uh, the new the race, race car. Well, he he likes to wreck a lot of race cars. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to avoid that. Um, I don't care what kind of a relationship Tony has with Eric. Um, it, I think it, it's a twenty-five million dollar relationship, and that's with Smithfield. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but you have to look at how long Smithfield is going to put up with that as well. Um, I can tell you that if it was me, and I was the head of that that uh, racing entity, oh, I, I'd be a little, I'd be a little concerned. As a matter of fact, I've got a, I'm heading to Pennsylvania this weekend. And uh, I'm going to talk to somebody, I can't say who, that works for Smithfield. And I'm going to see if maybe he can give me any inside information that I can share with you guys next Monday night. Ten years. Ten years this this group has hung behind Eric Amarola. For ten years. Yeah, I'd but love I'll, to know well, how much Smithfield Bacon has put out. To, uh, to to pay Eric Amarillo to be their coach, their 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 face of the franchise for the last ten years, and what has he brought forth? A couple wins, big deal. Yeah, 
Definitely. When you got Kevin Harvick who contends for championships every year sitting in the same stable, it's just it just doesn't. It's you know you got to make a move. You got to make a move, and whether or not Smithfield wants to continue to carry that bear, um, you know, that's a good question. But yeah, you know, I mean, I agree perfectly with what you said as well, Craig. Uh, yeah, when you when when you've got when you know that you've got to get younger and faster, that's a that's an element where you've got to be right on time. Kevin Harvick is supposed to be carrying the group over, and, and we know Harvick's going to learn the new car, and we've got a whole new spectrum coming next year that we don't even know nothing about yet. Looks just like a sports car, if you ask me. I think this is a, this is all a gimmick. But uh, as, as I read more into this, I'm, I'm getting concerned about where we're headed, especially with the, with the laid-back numbers and all. I mean, it just seems like we're going into the sports car era of NASCAR. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I, I guess I lost my subject there, guys. Well, it's because now that we got that question out of the way, <laughs> it we see Hendrick on the rise with the younger drivers and stuff, stuff like that. Once Stuart Haas gets there, the question is going to be: as long as Hendrick keeps going, the keep trending in the way they're going, if Stuart Haas gets to that point where they're going to be with Hendrick, things going to be the beneficial of the two. Because obviously Stuart Haas right now, they have drivers in development Xfinity, but when they're ready to come up to take over those two rides, maybe three, depending on how what direction Custer's going, um, where, who do you think has the better edge in terms of that? Does Hendrick have the upper edge, or does Stuart Haas kind of go, hey, we rode out our veterans until the peak of their prime. Now, now we got our younger drivers ready to go. Ford's moving them up when we believe at the right time. So who, so who's playing the better chess game at the moment? Haas has never had a competitive anything. Uh, Haas has been around for 30 years, and he's never been competitive at, at – he's not competitive at Formula One. He's not ever been competitive in the cup level. What made Haas competitive and what made Haas where he is today is the connection he built with Tony Stewart. Stewart brought to Stewart Haas Racing a lot of money, a lot of money. Old Spice, right? Uh, Mobile One, uh, uh, what was Office Depot, right? Uh, Outback. What was it? What was the uh, the the mortgage loan company with, uh, with with Ryan Newman? In the beginning, there was a lot of checks written for Stuart Haas to become competitive. And, and, and within two or three years, there was a championship at Stuart Haas Racing uh, by, by, by Tom Stewart. So when you brought in guys like Kurt Busch, I believe Kurt Busch was the only driver that didn't really bring in the big check. Uh, of course, Ryan Newman was, was replaced. Uh, who was that Who was that, that took Ryan Newman? Uh, was that Harvick? Was that actually the Harvick move there, or was it somebody else in the beginning? Because I, I know it was three... Danica Patrick was in the 10 car. Uh, Kurt Busch was in the original 41 car. So that would – Harvick was in the four, and I'm still missing one. Because I don't think Harvick. anyone took the 14 after Stewart left. Oh, yeah, it was Boyer. Until, Boyer. So, yeah, yeah, until Stewart left, it was Boyer, right, right. After Stewart left, it was Boyer. So yeah, you know um, that like I said, it brought they brought big checks. 
That's how Stuart Haas was formed. It wasn't formed like Penske was. It wasn't formed on the same basis as, as Roush Racing. It was, it, it, this team was a bought team from the beginning. They bought cars. They bought engines. And, uh, and, and they formed Stuart Haas Racing. Penske has always built their own motors. They have an engine shop. Uh, Hendrick builds their own motors. Childers builds his own motors. So, you know, this whole Stuart Haas experiment was exactly what I just said it is. It was an experiment. Uh, it was a Hendrick Motorsport saying, hey, I can run six teams instead of four, you know? Uh, because that's all Stuart Haas was in the beginning was a satellite team. Stuart knew what he was doing by being the yeah, satellite team to, to, to Hendrick, and that's why he was successful. But we've taken out the most important piece of this recipe, and that's Tony Stewart. I don't think he has his ass on Stuart Haas Racing, and it probably is the reason why we're uh, wasting 10 minutes talking about a team that really can't even finish in the top 10. Yeah, I think he's got outside interest going on. I think he's got his, his dirt series going. He's, he's worried about that. He's worried about other things. He's a newlywed. Uh, somebody was dumb enough to say I do to him. Um, and I think that that takes his focus away from it. Now, with that being said, can they turn it around? I think they can if they all get on the same page. They, well, screw that. They might need to be in the same book. And, uh, you know, they need to figure out what's going on and what's <clears throat> what their end goal is, excuse me. And as of right now, it sure the hell ain't winning races. And that's sad. Now, coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to we're going to have our guest come on with us if he's not on already, uh in the wings waiting in the green room as we call it, green for go. Uh super excited to to listen to him chat about the uh that tongue twister series. I can't even say it because it's the like short track super the short track super series Cajun region. Yeah, hey, yeah, that. Yeah. Holy crap, that's a that's a uh, <laughs> we won't. Mouth. We won't. Yeah, we won't get on too well. Oh, too she hard said uh, Miss Lee said they're engaged. They're not married yet. Okay, so now he's really trying to win her over by spending lots oh, of time with her. So oh then he can leave her at the top and time to go racing. Yeah. So I got a serious question for you. Mm-hmm. When did NASCAR change the rules about how many times a driver, and I don't know the answer, so I'm asking, can start a series before they're officially in the series and no longer considered a rookie? After eight, is it? But I think they can. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the reason. answer, but I think depends on the. It depends on the driver and what they do, because you have to think of it this way: they're kind of a rookie. They step into the series as like say a part timer, but if they run the following season as a full timer. It depends yeah, on how many races that NASCAR will allow the season before. So if they run, say, like almost half the season, at that point yeah. they can't really declare um, the driver that's going full-time the following year as a rookie because they competed in about half half the season. 
if they're yeah. doing like say five or six races, I think they can waiver that saying they're a rookie. It just well, depends on how that goes. Well, it's funny you brought that up. The number actually five or six, because Austin Austin Sendrick is going to be pulling double duty this weekend at Circuit of the mm. Americas. Third um, start. He's put making his fifth NASCAR Series start of the season at Coda this Sunday, which kicks off at uh, 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. For us people on the correct coast, you guys that can't figure out where you're at in the Central, it's going to start at 1.30. We're going to talk about this probably in the 9 o'clock hour, but just we'll touch on it right now again. The Stage 1, Stage 1 is only 15 laps. Stage 2 is... uh, up to 32 laps, and then we hit a final uh, lap count of 68 for 231 miles. Again, they're screwing the people that do not have um, uh, a cable by putting it on FS1. I agree, 100%. Greg, they should have an outlet for you guys to be able to watch. That's ridiculous. Xfinity Xfinity runs uh, the series. They're connected. They're a sponsor. Um, I know that you can find it on their channels, but uh, you know it's it's ridiculous that there's a whole population of people that cannot get this race uh, because their cable subscriber does not offer it. That's uh, that's bad management, and you have people who you're alienating your fan base when you when you have people who cannot get a hold of your product. Uh, NASCAR now, has their own YouTube channel. I do have Sirius, Sirius XM. Right. But, and I'll tell you what, there's that old song, I think it was by Lionel Cartwright, I heard it on the radio. And and I've said this before, and I'm pretty sure I said it this season. I love to listen to the Sirius XM broadcast, but I also, but Miss Lee said that's why we stream and don't do cable. Miss Lee, where can I see it on my streaming network then? Because I've got Peacock. And I know that it ain't on there yet. So And it should be because they're connected in. That's Comcast, which owns NBC, which NBC has uh, uh, media rights. And that, it just doesn't make any sense that there's a whole population of people that cannot get this, cannot get FS1. Or and I and I know NBC and Fox are not part of the same group, of course, but still. Uh, you know, you make an investment into a product, you should at least make sure that your people can, uh, can your the fans can uh, follow along. And and talking, we're talking about um, we're talking about Kevin Harvick. Sling TV, she says, has both FS1 and NBCSN. So that's good to know. Thank you for that, Miss Lee. Kevin Harvick like is going to be running the Xfinity race. For B.J. McLeod Motorsports, he's going to be, I believe it's in the five for B.J. Yeah, McLeod. And, and also, uh, Austin Dillon and Cole Custer will be in the Xfinity races, too. I have to look up and see what team and car numbers they are. I think it's 77, and I don't remember the other one. But uh, we're this is going to be another race where we're – Going to see cup drivers in an Xfinity race trying to get boosted seat time. I mean, it kind of sucks in a way, but it is what it is. I mean, it's a repeat of Bristol, I guess you can say. 
Uh, Custer, let's see, Harvick in the five for BJ McLeod. Custer in the 17 for SS Greenlight. Uh, I'm trying to see who else we got here. Reddick in the 31 for Jordan Anderson Racing. Kyle Busch in the 54 for Joe Gibbs. Austin Dillon in the 77 for Bassett Racing. All right. Well, I think it's I think it's uh, good. We got a couple minutes. I don't know if the guest is in yet. I'm on uh, jski.com right now, and I'm reading an article with Hendrick Motorsports talking to Bowman about a contract extension. Here's the update. Um, Rick said he wants him there, and Alex wants to be there. It's just a matter of time and a formality. He said it's a multi-year deal. You know what? If they don't sign him to at least 2030 and give him the time that he needs, I think that uh, guest is in the studio. All right, perfect, Chris. Thank you. We're going to let you do the intro for that unless Taz wants to do it. Um, all right. Um, I think it would be I think it would be a huge mistake uh, to sign him to a one or two year contract extension. I think it would be in their best interest to sign him long term and make him the face of Hendrick since. I don't think Chase is going to be there, but a year or two more. But uh, we'll talk more about that at the top of the hour. Right now, Kaz, it's all you, brother. All righty, folks. It's that half hour where we bring in our guests for the week. Today, as we mentioned earlier, we have from TCB Motorsports and Bob Hilbert Sportswear Short Track Super Series Fueled by Sunoco Cajun Region. Timothy Bates, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, sir. How are you doing today? We're doing pretty good. So, first question I'm going to ask before we get into the nitty-gritty details of how the STSS kind of played part of this, um, how did you first get involved into racing, and how did TCB Motorsports come about? Oh, I guess around 1969 or 70, my dad got involved with sponsorship with uh, several cars, and through the years, it's evolved into, uh, we started racing modifieds, I guess, and I guess super modifieds in the uh, early 70s, and then uh, my brother put a car together in 96, and we've been racing since then, you know, with the modified, the current style modified cars. Now, TCB Motorsports has been around for how long? Oh, I'd say since 2000. That's uh, for Tim and Chris Bates is what it stands for. All righty, all right. Now, you guys down there with the big blocks, and we're going to kind of warm up into the series. Um, you guys ran dirt modified down there, but with oh, like a sprint car wing, per se. How does um, how does that compare to 
regular uh, big block modified without the wings? Like, what's the pros and cons to all that? Oh, I guess the pros of having a wing on the car, you know, you've got a little more speed entering the corners and all, but I guess the the downside of that would be you've got more drag coming down the straightaway, so, the you know, without the wing on, you're definitely faster down the streets. And, uh, you know, you can see the car a little better without the wing on it, too, and uh, the car will get over on the right front better without a wing on there. And uh, that's really basically it. Uh, we run the big right rear tires on them, too. But I, I think, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's not really a big advantage. I don't believe in these heavier cars. Now, with big block modified racing down there, I know it's not as popular down there as it is up here in the... Uh, in up here in the northeast, but with it down there, you guys had a series before um, Brandon started bringing them into the south last year. What, I'm not sure what the series name was, and I learned about this a couple of weeks ago, actually. How, what was that series like, and how? what's the difference? Where did it fall in that aspect? Well, we we just uh, had several wide-body cars that were, you know, the same cars as what's running in the northeast and with the wings. So we just took the wings uh decided, like in summer 2019, to try to go without the wings again. And uh, actually about five or six years ago, they ran them without the wings. And uh, it just didn't work out at that time. But... Uh, Anyway, we ran a, a Southern Super Modified is what we named, and it's basically the same group of people and uh, didn't have a lot of cars, and we were kind of just putting it out there. And I think we had three cars at the first race, and then things just worked out to where, uh, you know, uh, I think it's about this time last year that Oh, about 10 or 12 guys came down and put a race on, and it was successful, and people liked the car, so uh, it just kind of worked out from there to where we're at today. You guys work with the Dillards. What's the relationship like there and how how all that works? It's a very good relationship, Uh it's been good ever since the first race. Uh, we all kind of click and they're on the same page and uh, everything works real great working with them. Uh, I'm uh, very glad to be a part of them racing with us too. And, uh, you know, when in, in the series too, they're very nice people, very good people. And uh, we've got a lot of racing to do in the future. Now, last year, as you mentioned earlier, you had Brandon Hightower, who we had as a guest last year. Hopefully, we can get him as a guest this year again. You guys had him uh, kind of rebuild a modified series down there. How was the transition from where you guys started with him last year, trying to figure out where you guys were going to go, and 
how did the whole thing with Brett Day on the Short Track Super Series come into play? Well, we started out, and uh, like I said, we had three cars at the first race, and then we ran a, a kind of an unsanctioned sanctioned by our series. We just formed this uh, Southern Super Modified Series at Chatham, and uh, it was a good turnout, and everything just kind of fell into place at that time. Whoever would have thought we'd had a lot of northeastern cars in Louisiana, and uh, and then uh, Brett, we get, we got in contact and started working with Brett, and uh, we wouldn't be where we are today without Brett Dale, no doubt about it. And uh, he's given us all the tools we need to make a series of success, and uh, everything is looking real really good, and without. Him, we would, uh, you know, we wouldn't be anywhere. So, you guys at the start had a competitors meeting and obviously getting together with Dale. What were some of the things you guys kind of discussed looking forward to the season, and how did how did the pieces come together of getting what tracks or rate you guys were looking into? and how your schedule played when you put it together? Well, we just went over some uh, basic rules, and then uh, the engine that we're running down here, we kind of discussed that. And, you know, uh, it's a lot of 23-degree motors down here, so they've got a weight break from the open competition motors. And then uh, – we have a few tracks, like I said, Chatham Speedway and uh, Architect Speedway, and uh, contacts with several tracks. And uh, Brett just uh, got in contact with them and started booking some races. And uh, we've added a few this year, and uh, we're uh, growing at a steady pace. And don't want to try to grow too fast, and you know, but. Uh, where everybody seems happy with where we're at, and uh, a lot of people showed up for the meeting, and everybody's we're working as a team, the drivers, the promoters, and uh, the race directors. Everybody is on the same page, and it's looking really good. Now, what's what's a twenty-three degree motor that you mentioned earlier? It's more like your uh, uh, USMTS style. Spec motor, uh, it's, it's uh, basically down this way in, uh, in the south. It's a pretty standard head motor for competition. You know, it's uh, not as much flowing all as the 18s and the 15s and the 13s, so it's really less horsepower is what it amounts to. But we're trying to make it all competitive for the, the smaller motors to run against the more open motors. And we just do that with weight, and it makes it simple. You know, you can look at the head in five minutes without tearing anything down and, you know, tell what kind of engine head is on the motor. So it makes it simple and effective. Now, I've been looking closely at the schedule you guys have pieced together. Um, How many races do you guys plan on doing this year before some of the Northeast guys come down 
Um, how many guys are you guys looking at? And how many different tracks are you guys visiting? Oh, uh, we're looking at, I'd say, 12 races before the November swing when the Northeast guys come down. And uh, I think we're running at like five different tracks. And we had 14 cars at our first race and 13 at the last one. But I'm, I'm thinking on Memorial weekend, the 29th at Chatham, I think we're going to get about three more cars in. So, you know, we're, we're going to be over the 15 car mark definitely uh, by Chatham. Now, before we get a little bit farther for this year, um, when the Northeast guys came down to you guys, was were there any questions for how for you guys asking them like what kind of things um, were you guys missing that obviously the Northeast guys had like what kind of advice slash conversations were going on between you guys and the and the Northeast? Oh, it's, it was basically just you know our cars were. Uh, a little older than their cars, and they mostly went to the coil-type cars with the short rods, and actually about half the field down here has uh, converted their cars over to coils with the short rods, so we're trying to gain some speed, and then, you know, I, I guess that'd basically be the biggest question is the call over the modern cars that they're running now compared to what, you know, how we needed to set our cars up to run, you know, get in the ball game with them. And they were all real, very nice. And them coming down and helping us out really gave us a big boost. You know, uh, it was a great shows and everybody got to see, you know, the top guys from the Northeast here. And it, uh, they were very helpful and we appreciate them helping us out. And the swing helps everybody. So, uh, anyway, that was about it. Just, you know, the difference in the cars that were older we're running, converting them over to the modern setups. Now, you guys have the Cajun swing um, that you guys had for the first time last year that where you ran two races at Arklatech Speedway and Vivian, Louisiana, and then run – Two nights, but basically one feature, Chatham Speedway for Mods in the March 75. Uh, what, how, how, what kind of, how did everything piece together in terms of like maybe sponsorship to make, make sure that whole event worked out last year? And what kind of things did you learn maybe last year that maybe helped some of the struggles to improve for this year? Well, the main thing was getting exposure to, to the local fans and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, it all worked out pretty good for the first time. And we uh, just got to do a good job of marketing it for this year, which we're already on that. And uh, Brad has handled a lot of the sponsorship. And like this year we've got Dave Motorsports is our Cajun region's point sponsor, and uh, they've added a nice points fund, and they give away a tire each race and a drawing at the end of the feature each night. 
And uh, but uh, he's securing the sponsorship, and he he really helps us out a lot. And he works with the tracks. And uh, like Mr. Boiter up at Architects, he's got a car now that he's about to put on the track. And you know it's 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 steadily catching on down here. So that's the biggest thing, I guess, just the getting the exposure. So, is there anything in terms of maybe sponsor-wise for cars or maybe the events that you guys may be struggling with or are you trying to help Brett Dale with in some of this? Uh, we have, like, a sponsor, Shed Road Auto Parts, sponsors like the Hard Charger, and we're going to add some more incentives at the next race for, uh, you know, like from eighth place down. And uh, it's just people stepping up. Uh, some people uh, actually run the car in the series have been sponsoring positions, you know, finishing positions in the races. And everybody, you know, uh, we, we're, you know, it pays a thousand to win a 750 for second. And, and Louisiana, that's good pay. Everybody's real happy, and it pays two hundred to start. So that's an important thing. And uh, you know, well, it's very good pay for down here right now. In terms of traveling, um, is there any desire for maybe they? We'll, we'll kind of stay small. So, like, say at least one or two of you guys to maybe, like, come up north to kind of feel that in- environment. Um, like, say, pro- not maybe not maybe as far as the northeast, but maybe if we come down, say, maybe, like, the Carolinas and maybe race a little bit, kind of make ends meet in the middle. Yeah, I believe it's uh... – two or three teams that would do that. You know, that one, the Florida swing for the short track super series, uh, uh, two or three people went down last year and running. In fact, three people did. And yeah, that's, you know, two or three teams could probably go run if you run in the Carolinas or, in, you know, that area there, Tennessee and different places, you know. Uh, one last question before I get my co-host to chime in for you, for, at least from my end. Do you, is there any sort of traveling down south, like maybe towards Texas or maybe Mississippi area you guys are interested in looking at, but maybe the track promoters are kind of iffy and what would maybe convince them to um, bring you guys along to their tracks? Yes, uh, we're – well, what we got to do probably, you know, this is our first year, so we've got to prove ourselves to those tracks that are on the outside looking in, you know, and they want to see how we do and uh, perform. And we have a good car account and uh, how our races are run. And uh, so far, everything's been good. And, I'm, you know, we're looking forward to you know, maybe Texas a little, spreading out a little bit, Texas, Arkansas possibly Mississippi, and uh, still several other tracks up here in north Louisiana that we, you know, have the possibility of running at. And 
we're going to do our best to put on a good show for everybody and uh, maybe it's entertaining and we'll maybe next year have a you know a bigger schedule us to go to expand and you know make it bigger. Mr. Bates, Craig Moore up here in, in upstate New York. Tom, what are some of the biggest changes you have seen in dirt track racing throughout your career? Some you've some you were like, yeah, buddy, this is going to be a good one, and others you were like, oh, my God, what the heck are they thinking? Oh, it's uh, different things. You know, you like some things that work, like uh, I've seen, like, uh, the, you know, some of the sprint classes going to the smaller engines and all, you know, you think that's going to be a big hit, and then it ends up not being quite so big. But then uh, I see the sport, the uh, crate class, looks like it's doing pretty well, you know. But uh, And then the late models, I didn't ever think that they would kind of fade like they have. But, you know, it's, it's around here. It's not many open super late model shows anymore. But... Uh, the factory class, factory stock class is surprising me. It's doing really good around this part. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Christopher uh, Creighton. Uh, Mr. Bates, uh, you've obviously been around a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm from the southern region. We've had a influx of uh, the USMTS cars coming down and uh, uh, just this built-up excitement kind of in modified racing. You just said it yourself. Super late model racing was the big thing 10 years ago, and it just, you know, the weekly racing stopped, and now, you know, you have to bring in a series to race uh, these guys, and those races are few and far between. Uh, You're pretty much from, I, I thought, sprint car country anyway, or at least since I've been around. Uh, this modified class, this big block modified, most of us have only read about them through the Speedway Illustrated magazines and, and stuff like that. It's caught the, the, the attention of fans. Uh, are you aware of how exciting it is to, to actually uh, talk to a guy that drives a, a big block modified in the southeastern region? I mean, this, is, this, is, this could be big. We've, we've seen the UMPs. Of course, those rules have gotten stretched out. We've we've uh, had the guys come from Texas with the USMTS guys. This is a totally different breed of racing, and and I believe the Southern region is ready for this. Yeah, uh, I listen a lot, and uh, a lot of people and fans and promoters also want something different. You know, not the same sprint late model. You know, these cars are different down here than any other car for several hundred miles. And people seem to love them. The drivers that drive them love driving them. And, you know, it's it started out, you know, back in the, uh, I guess, the mid-'80s. A lot of guys around here ran the Modifieds, and they went around Florida with McCready and all those guys and did yeah, real well. Right. Like Doug, yeah, hey, Doug Ingles. Uh, hey, yeah. But Doug Ingles has won five races in Florida in uh, big block cars and uh the late models actually come along through here about that time the mid 80s and the driver started going with them and that become very popular and 
these cars kind of just stayed steady, you know, just a handful of them, but they've made it all these years. So uh, that's something to take into account. And uh, people seem to love them everywhere we go. And it's real popular, and I think it'll get it spreading down here. There ain't no telling where it can go, you know. Now, now there's times where we have it at our local racetracks. Uh, I speak for Why Not Motorsports Parks especially. We'll have a super late model show. Well, we've got three different types of late models out there. We've got a, a 602 Sportsman late model, which you referred to a minute ago, which is a class that has really taken off. you got the 604 crate class, and then you have the super late model. The difference with this modified and those classes that I mentioned is there is a considerable difference the way that the car looks. Is that part of the enigma? Is that part of the mystery or part of the excitement? Is that This is kind of a different-looking car. It's an open-wheel modified, but it doesn't look like the typical open-wheel modified. Yeah, well, you're sitting in the middle of these cars, and then you got uh, all the aerodynamics, the bodies on these cars are immaculate and you know, it just draws your attention to them. You want to come over and look at them. You know, the fans are at the races want to come get a close-up view and uh, check them out. And, uh, you know, they're all, we're all running, you know, good motors with just a weight, uh, you know, a weight rule for the different size motor. But uh, fans want to hear something with a lot of power and fast cars. Right. And that's, that's what we're giving to them here. And, uh uh, the other cars and all is fine racing, but you know, you can just hear the modified when they're lined up about to come on the track and it's just a different feel, you know, it's, it's fast and what the fans want to see. It's that rumble. You got something? Yep. Uh, well, in any form of racing or series, I know we speak a lot more of dirt tracks. Uh, who are you a fan of um, in any form of racing or series, or who do you kind of look towards um, that kind of inspires you to do what you do? Oh, I've grown up liking different people and different, you know, uh, always a Steve Fincher and Wolf fan, and then uh, in the late models, you know, I've always watched Billy Moyer. He's from right up in Arkansas, and he ran a lot of local races around here when the series is first got started and uh the modifieds of all you know bob mccready's always been my man there and uh timmy mccready i met him over here in lone star speedway when he started in late models and we had a conversation and uh you know those are all real nice folks and uh but uh that's that's about who i who all I like, and this local drivers I like too. You know, Doug Ingalls. I grew up watching him. He's a Hall of Famer late model guy. And right. then you got the guys nowadays, Cade Dillard, and uh, you know Brandon Shepherd. They're, they're likable. You know, real nice guys. Now, before we kind of wind things down with you and let you go. Uh, do you have any sponsors or social media plugs you would like to get in for um, so that people that are more interested in not only uh, the series, but also maybe TCB Motorsports and everything else? Oh, yeah. We've got a 
surely thank Dave Motorsports in Tyler, Texas, for all they do for us. The American Racer Tires, uh, uh, American Racer, uh, Sunoco Fuels, Bob Hilbert Sportswear, and uh, the Short Track Super Series North. You know, they help us. You know, they're they're the biggest part of this Cajun region down here. And uh, all the drivers that come and participate in the swing in November, we greatly appreciate all of them. I mean, it's, and, uh, but anyway, uh, Craig, Chris, any last thoughts for, uh, any last questions you guys got? No, I just, I, I would just like to thank you for joining us tonight. I, I really enjoyed listening to you. And I'm sure you've hey. got stories to tell for hours. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And and I'm pretty yes, sure sir. that I'm I'm pretty sure that the guys would would agree with me on this next thing I'm about to say. Uh, we'd love to have you back later in the season, and uh, maybe we can get some of those stories out of you. <laughs> Okay, uh, yes, sir. I'll be glad to join y'all later in the year anytime, and I appreciate y'all having the Short Track Super Series Cajun region on tonight. Well, we, yes, appreciate, you, we appreciate Are you the official spokesperson, Timothy, or Mr. Bates? Are you are you the are you the guy to talk to uh, for, yes, for scheduling? Me and, me, uh, yes, sir. Me and my brother are the race directors down here and i'd like to say thank you to all the ladies my sister and diane and tanya and all the volunteers that help us every week uh during the season putting this all together all right sounds good and and you you've given that information right for us to be able to contact you we'll look you up on the facebook at uh short track Super Series Cajun Region, a.k.a. Yes, the Big Block Modifies. You find Timothy yes, Bates? Sir. And Chris Bates, right? That's the, that's your brother. Yes, sir. Yes, right. so I, I think we've gotten all. And I want to see you guys. I want to see you guys in Mississippi. I want y'all to come to Why Not Motorsports Park. I want y'all to be at oh, Hattie yeah, Speedway. Good. Yes, sir. Yes, I want to see them. I, wa- I want to get you guys to Jackson. I want to I see y'all. It's at Magnolia. I mean, we, 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 I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get y'all out here for the rumble at the, at, at the, the gumbo. Uh, yes, man, sir. Uh, all kinds of big races around this region. And, and we want to be able to showcase the, the talent and the horsepower that these cars bring. When, when we had Brandon Hightower on last year, I mean, it, there was only a few people that really knew how, big this could be for the south and 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 the vision that was seen then on where this could go is uh, uh that, that i give all credit to whoever said we can make this work and i, I think we just did here tonight talking to you mr bates um but we will bring you oh, back yeah. on later on in the year sir and uh yeah we need to sit down and have a talk about uh some of the good old days of racing and how things have changed we'll we'll make that a top subject next time we have Look. you on I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Bates. Thank you, Mr. Bates. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're going to go to commercial. Bye-bye. 
We're going to go to commercial break here real quick as we get ready to bring in uh, Taz Taylor. He talks about the Northeastern region, and uh, we'll have a Southern Dirt Track Report up at, after the 15th minute of the hour. Uh, Taz, I know you've got a whole lot to go uh, on your on your side of things, so we'll make this uh, commercial pretty quick and uh, get you right where you need to be. Awesome guest, Mr. Timothy Bates. Uh, uh, we left stuff on the table. It's always what happens when you have a good interview going. Um, let's see. Here we go. Are you ready? Your wedding day. A day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. Also, moretomusic.com. More to music. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds, including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends. More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E. The number two. M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. Plus, check out moretomusic.com. Find out how you could win $500 in karaoke idol. Moretomusic.com. More to music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage. All right. Found on your webpage, right, Craig? You guys ready to come back on as we get ready for our regional uh, time for the show? And uh, we'll turn it over to Taz Taylor. All righty, folks. i got to get my highlights in while I can because next week, unfortunately, I won't be able to provide that. And I'll have to make up for it the following week because next Monday, well, I guess I get another age older and maybe a little wiser. But um, So I won't be on the show next week, unfortunately. But we did have some short – speaking of Short Track Super Series, is, I guess you could say that's the theme of – this week, the North Region up here in New York kicked off their first race of the season at Accord Speedway for the Battle of the Bullring. And I will also give you a highlight reel from Fonda Speedway this past weekend, but we'll start with the Short Drag Super Series at Accord Speedway, Battle of the Bullring, Green Flags out. In turns one and two, it's going to be the 97 Bobby Hackle with the lead. Tyler Dibble to the outside in turn number two, looking for second. Everyone charging in a turn three and four early on. And three wide for second. Dipple in the middle of you, make things work and take over the two spot from Shane Jablanca. And Tyler, uh, the showtime, Danny Tyler takes over the three spot and Jablanca battling back into turn number three. Meanwhile, moving forward, the four laps complete. Three wide once again. Danny Tyler going to squeeze through the middle and hang on. Parking lot brawl in turn number two. 
Danny Creighton around to collect a few other cards, Billy Decker being one of them involved. In turn number two, four laps have been completed. And we go back to green with Tyler Dipple and Bobby Hackle leading them into turns one and two. Hackle on the bottom, Dipple up high. Jablanca and Danny Tyler behind them for third and fourth. And here comes Kid Giddy up, Anthony Perego, and turn number three from the five spot. He'll get around the 20 of Scott Ferrier as they come around to complete lap number five of a 50-lap feature. Move forward to 23 laps complete, heading down to 24. Tyler Dipple continues to lead the charge. Shane Jablanca in spot number two. Bobby Hackle on the outside with Mahaney knocking on the door. On the outside of Perego, that's the battle for spot number five. In turn three and four, Ferry on the bottom takes over the third spot from Bobby Hackle, Perego, and Mahaney behind them battling for position. And hang on in contact in turn number two. Hackle and Mahaney get together. That's going to cost Hackle a couple spots as Perego moves up to fourth. And Perego now has a sight set on the 20 of Scott Ferry as we head down the front straightaway. Move forward to nine laps to go in this 50 lap feature. Perego to the inside of Jablanca. This is for spot number two. As they come around turn number four, trying to work on the 44X of Shane Jablanca. And with another lap car involved, they're going to go three wide in turn number two. Eight laps remaining. Tyler Dipple trying to pull away from all this. And Jablanca makes contact with a lap car in turn number four. That'll bring out the yellow and send Shane Jablanca to the rear of the field. As we go back to green with Anthony Perego and Tyler Dipple. Leading the charge in turns one and two. Anthony Perego becomes your new race leader in turn number two. Dipple back to second. And here comes Money Matt Williamson in the number three Barron's ride. He's in third looking for second. He's got it by a car length, but now going to challenge Dipple in turn number two. Can't make it stick. Perego still leading the charge. But here comes Money Matt Williamson charging into turn number three. He'll take over the two spots. They come off corner number four, putting Tyler Dipple back to position number three. Perego trying to hang on as we move forward with two laps complete. Money Matt Williamson trying to collect this one for the record bucks, but white flag is out. Anthony Perego, can he hang on for Money Matt Williamson? They come off turn number two for the final time. In memory of his father, Tom Perego, it is Kid Giddy of Ronnie, turn number four at the checkers to take the win over Manny, Matt Williamson, and Mike Mahaney to round out the podium finishers. We will now move over to Fonda Speedway from this past weekend as the field round turns three and four to look at the double green flags flying. And here we go, Adam McCullough, George Foley, lead them to the green flag going to the turns one and two. Adam McCullough jumped up to the early lead. Joe Foley right there for spot number two. Rich Christmas for third. Here comes Anthony Collins for fourth. Everyone roaring down the back straight away in the turns three and four for the first time as Mike Moretzka starting a little deep into the field, trying to work his way up early on because right behind him is both Stu and Jess Friesen as we move forward as Moretzka gets onto the high side of turns three and four, gets around Rocky Warner, David Schilling, and Ansel Collins in two corners. He picks up three positions on left, uh, three laps complete. Six laps complete now. Maresca in the 24-7 machine St. Lawrence radiology ride. He's working at one and two, trying to get away from the rest of the field and catch up to the leader, Adam McCullough. But here comes Stuart Friesen rocking and gets a two-for-one deal in turn number two. He'll take over position number four and work on Ansel Collins and on the bottom in turn number four. And he'll take over the three spot from Anthony Collins. Eight left complete. 
Short Freeze is now going to try to reel in the 24-7 Maresca and try to take over the two spot and work on the race leader. Nine laps complete. Freeman has finally come to Maresca. He'll take a huge drive into turn number three. He'll have to check up on that one. Maresca on the bottom, freezing down low. Maresca holds him off of corner number four. Ten laps completed. 20 laps to go. Freezing to the outside and turns one and two. Can't make it thick in turn number one, but he gets a rocket shot. This time in turn number two, down in the turn number three. He's now position number two. He will not work on Adam McAuliffe. He's finally caught up to Adam McAuliffe with 18 laps complete. They work around the lap car of Keith Black. Short gets held up as McAuliffe gets by him with ease in turn number two. But wow. don't sleep on that one because here wow. comes Friesen with a huge rod down the back straightaway. Looking to the outside for the race leader on Adam McAuliffe. Off corner number four, Friesen with a huge run. Adam McAuliffe shuts the door on him as they complete lap number 19. Stuart Friesen trying to find a way around Adam McAuliffe. He'll do so by looking in the bottom in turn number two. Gets a rocket shot once again in the turn number three. New race leader, Stuart Friesen, as they come around turn three and four for the 10 to go signal. Adam McAuliffe trying to throw anything he can before he loses Friesen and can't quite make it stick. And here we go. What's flag? Off turn number two for the final time. Sir Friesen looking for his 71st career win at Fonda Speedway. He'll do it looking at the double checkers off corner number four. Stuart Friesen, your feature winner at Fonda Speedway, followed by Adam McAuliffe and the Flying Squirrel Rocky Warner to complete the podium at Fonda. Well, that's a hell of a recap, Taz, and uh, you might need to take a break. I think you did more talking in that segment than Chris has done all freaking night. <laughs> you know what? I don't know about you, Taz. I mean, we live up here. But as much as I like Stewie, he's won three times this year at Fonda. Are you getting tired of it yet? I've been tired of it for years. What are you talking about? <laughs> Wait a minute. No Stewie bashing in the house. Let me say this quick. And I've said it to many people before. And I will say this, and I'm going to say this not only about Stu, but also some of the big names like my favorite driver is Matt Shepard. Um, the Stuart Friesen at Fonda is on a weekly regular night. It gets a little boring. Now, if he's running a series race and wins, I'll give a little leeway because you're going against the best, the best, but it's easier to root for him when he's going in the late models and trucks because he's got more competition, um, and a lot tougher competition because now you have the best of the best nationwide. At that point, well, you Shepherd, know what I, I can the say same the same way because Shepard runs at a couple of his home tracks, and he dominates the living field out of them. So, I mean, it's nice to see them win like once or twice in a regular night, but after you see it consistent, it just kind of gets a little sleepy. I'd actually like to see Jessica win one night and him finish second. Yeah. I think that needs a lot more points. I, I I think that would be a hell of a ride back to the house in in Efreda. Um But it's the same thing. I did the same thing when Rocky Warner run all the time, and uh, actually I did see Rocky this morning. 
and I meant to ask him about coming in on coming on in July, and I totally forgot. So I'll reach out to him for July, because um, we've not had him on in a very long time. Uh, no, Jazz, that was a tremendous that was a tremendous update. I will say that uh, one of our drivers that we've had on already this year, or actually they're 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 supposed to be coming on, I think. Uh, at the end of the month is Jeremy Terrell after his first win of the season. He's had a he had a rough start. I know he was 13 points out of 12 or 13 points out of first place uh, going into this past week. And then I heard rumor and innuendo is my is one of my uh, favorite podcasters, Conrad Thompson says. Rumor and innuendo that he was taken out um, twice. Is, is what would your take on that, Taz? Trying to remember one of the incidents. I know the one incident he went around off turn four into the infield. Um, I don't think that was his doing. I think it was. Um, that incident, I don't know if it was um, anyone's fault in particular, if it was a racing ordeal. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head for that. Um, I know for his class, there was a lot of uh, beating and banging going on there. Um, I mean, some of the things were racing deals. Some of the things were a lot of aggression. Uh, but you kind of expect that from a limited sportsman class because drivers are trying to not only develop their skills, but they're trying to make a name for themselves before they have to move up. Well, I think making a name for yourself and wrecking or uh, possibly wrecking somebody intentionally is, I'll just throw it out there, is a bitch move. And, uh, you know, you want to take somebody out, you're mad at something they did. And and I'm only getting this from one person's perspective, and that would obviously be Jeremy's. And when we have him on, we can talk about this, because this is, I believe, the second week in a row that that's happened um, with the same driver. Um, take it up. Take it. Confront each other off the track in the pits. And I don't mean by throwing fists. I mean, hey, you got a problem with me? Come to my trailer, um, and and we can sit down and talk about this. There's no sense in ruining equipment. And I say the same thing in the Cup Series and in the Big Series. Don't go ruining my equipment because you're pissed off. I might have cut you off and come down on you or push you up the track. I mean, Fonda's is a hell of a place to race anyway because. I ain't going to shit you. Turn four is is a minefield, and I and I can't see up into turn one and two. But I know when they're coming out of four, unless they fixed it this past weekend. When I was there a couple weeks back, there was a huge, huge divot down there, and uh, they would hit that in the front. The right front would come right out of the ground. It'd go down, it hit, and then it bounced right back up. I don't know if they fixed it yet or not, Taz. Uh, I know there was still a rut in turn one, but as far as that's the only rut I know that's still there. All right, so our next guest is on. Yes, 
Yes, yeah, Southern Dirt Track Report is here. Uh, as we switch it from the northern region to the southern region, I'll give a quick update, guys. Uh, the Mississippi State Championship Challenge Series Super Late Models uh, roared into the Mississippi <coughs> region uh, this past weekend. Spencer Hughes, who's your daddy? Mr. Excitement took wins <laughs> at uh, Hattiesburg Speedway and also at Jackson Motor Speedway. But that wasn't the talk of the town. The talk of the town was Michael Arnold. Michael Arnold come out and shattered the, the, uh, the pole record uh, at uh, Hattiesburg Speedway on Friday night. Incident happened. He stubs it in the wall. He finishes second. Then at Jackson, he dominates the race in dominating Michael Arnold fashion. And uh, late caution comes out. And the one thing about the Mississippi State Championship <laughs> Challenge Series super late models is we have double foul restarts. And so it's not a Dixie foul. Michael Arnold did not pick the right lane. Spencer Hughes was able to drive to the outside and get around him for the win. Uh, Chad Thrash finished second at Jackson Motor Speedway. Michael Arnold finished third. Rick Rickman finished fourth. And I believe Jeremy Brodus uh, finished fifth. And at the Hattiesburg uh, Speedway, uh, of course, Spencer Hughes was the winner. Mr. Excitement on Friday night, Michael Arnold finished second, Chad Thrash finished third, uh, Jeremy Brodus finished fourth, and Mason Jordan uh, finished in the top five there. So not much of a change between the top four drivers there in the Mississippi State Championship Challenge Series Super Late Models. There was also $1,000 to win uh, for the Stinger class. I don't have the information on who won that, but Mr. Jared Hudson is in the house. I'm sorry that we're a couple of minutes behind. Uh, Mr. Jared Hudson, That's all right. uh, you've got the Southern Dirt Track Report uh, ready to roll here tonight. Uh, fill us in where you were this weekend and, and uh, what type of racing you got to see there, boss. And, uh, I and didn't always get to go to keep any. It, keep it what? Keep it rated R for racing. That's it, baby. Come on. Rated R for racing. That's how we roll down here in South Alabama. So... Oh, I didn't get to go. I was going to go to Northwest Florida Speedway, but I didn't get to go because I had a wedding to go to. But uh, I will be at Deep South Speedway this weekend in Logsley. They have Meet the Drivers, and they have their fan appreciation night, $5 for uh, all tickets. And then during halftime, you get to meet the drivers, and I'll be taking pictures and then helping my buddy Chris Hartman at Team Hartman Racing for a Cure. You can look up his uh, Facebook page. If you're looking for a... To follow a driver who struggles to make it to the racetrack, doesn't have a lot of funds, does everything by himself except for a few really good people that help, like his uh, fiance Heather and then Derek Coleman and a few other people, his family, and get to go watch him race and follow him on Facebook. And then uh, it's going to be a lot of cars at Deep South Speedway. They'll have the regular classes, the uh, Stingers, the, uh, let's see, Modifieds, uh, Pure Stocks, and I'm not sure which late models will be there, but uh, and I think they'll have the UMP modifieds. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of good racing. <clears throat> and then uh, Tri-County Speedway will probably be racing, too, down there at the Swamp. So uh, go over to Pollard, Alabama, support the Day family. And then the next weekend, uh, Northwest Florida Speedway, We'll be back racing. Uh, shout out Scott Sessions and team over there. And it's going to be a lot of good racing coming up in the next few weeks. And also, something really cool is you can look up 
I'm helping my good friend Robbie Johns with a racing series called the Lobuck Sprint Car Series. And it's the cheapest sprint car you can get into. They're non-wing sprint cars. Uh, we got one-page set of rules. We simplified them. Uh, we're trying to get some races at some local tracks. We've already had two races this year. Uh, Robbie's got a non-wing sprint car. And the motor options, you can run a 602 or a 604 crate motor or the open street stock type motor. And if you're looking for a cheap sprint car to get into that anybody can race and we're trying to build a local class, check out Lobuck Sprint Car Series on Facebook. And uh, something else is, that's pretty cool in the dirt track world also that uh, my friend Robbie come out with a idea 21 years ago, and this will tie into NASCAR too. So Robbie's been racing a long time, and he invented a device that you put around your fuel cell on your race car because a lot of times, and they just had a wreck this weekend that I saw go around on Facebook in Indiana about when a car flips over at a dirt track, asphalt, whatever, it flips over and your fuel wants to spill out of the fuel tank, it can cause a fire, which I've seen several times in videos and pictures, and it also it hurt the driver, it hurt the car, and so... Robbie invented this device several years ago, and, and it got tested by NASCAR driver Jimmy Spencer. And everybody knows Jimmy Spencer. You know, he's super famous. He tested it and liked it, and it's called oh, – he came up with a name the other day. I'm actually helping him promote it, but it's the uh, Race Safe Fuel Arrester. And it's basically – it's made out of NASA-grade material, and you put it around your fuel cell, and it's like a jacket for your fuel cell – and you put it around your fuel cell and it keeps your fuel from spilling out. So if a driver flips the car or the fuel cell gets ruptured, this uh, arrester will actually arrest and absorb all the fuel and keeps it from uh, coming out of the fuel cell. And it's a great safety device. Nobody really has something like that on the market. And uh, we got it on the market. You can look us up on uh, Race Safe Fuel Arrester and... We will actually have it for sale on our Facebook page. And if you're looking for safety, we love safety because we don't want to see drivers get hurt. Uh, I've heard several stories, seen several pictures where cars caught on fire because fuel spilled out. So this will be something good for anybody that uh, is looking for safety in any type of racing. But right now we just have the street stock version, and we're going to have them in different sizes available. You can message us on Facebook and whatnot. All right, so uh, so you're you're headed out this weekend. You're gonna go get some racing. You had a wedding to do this week. Now, uh, did you catch the NASCAR race? So most people don't know Jared. Jared's a big NASCAR fan as well. Did you did you catch any of the race from uh, the month? Oh yes, I sure did. But I missed the last ten laps. But I did hear the Alex Bowman and the forty eight one. And so, you know, I've been watching NASCAR since I was old enough to even turn a TV on at, at 25 plus years. And like I was, I'm a big Michael McDowell fan, uh, Matt Benedetto. I love him. I love the underdogs. I like Kevin Harvick, uh, and, and I, and Parker Kligerman, drivers like that. But, and it was good to see Alex Bowman win, but he was, he was not my pick to win. But, it was it was a pretty good race. I will say that I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know if Alex Bowman was. 
<laughs> yeah, Craig, man, you both have said twice tonight the same thing. Uh, I swear, <laughs> I don't, I don't think anybody picked Alex Bowman to win, and that's what's leaving us all scratching our heads. Are we underplaying maybe the coming out party, so to speak, for Alex Bowman? I mean, this, this is a big win for his career. Oh yes, and see, Dale Jr. Dale Jr. knew what he was doing because see, I watched Alex when he was did them sub races for Junior when Junior got hurt. And I knew then that he was going to be good. And I think Mr. H put him in a good ride. I think, you know, I mean, it's a really a bummer. I think Jimmy Johnson retired too early. It's just my opinion. But Alex Bowman taking over his ride. And, of course, Kyle Larson, you, I mean, put this way, you know, they, they had a thing that said uh, – talking about Chuck Norris, they said Chuck Norris can win a late model race on a go-kart. I believe Kyle Larson could do that. Like, Kyle Larson <laughs> is so good, he could take a, he could take a go-kart and win a late model race. <laughs> no doubt. Only, only Kyle Larson could do that. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, I've seen, I mean, like I watched Kyle Larson win his first super late model race on Lucas Oil TV, racing TV, and that was really cool to see. And I ain't going to lie, if I meet him, I'm going to nerd out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we said, look, you've got Ricky Stenhouse and Casey Kane and Tony Stewart and all these other drivers that can go in, and Clint Boyer, that can go in and race a late model race or a sprint car race. It doesn't necessarily mean that they win. But any time Kyle Larson's hauler pulls into the back gate, you better start going ahead and counting your points for a second because uh, Larson's there to win. <laughs> And I mean, that's just oh. that just shows the talent that this guy really has, and it's unbelievable. And we're mesmerized, and we're finally getting to see what he can do in a high horsepower car with a great organization. And I honestly oh, yes. believe that right now is a critical time for Chase Elliott fans because they're realizing that they're not the number one guy in the shop. It's Kyle Larson, oh, no. and it could even be Alex Byron. Uh, Alex Byron, here, listen to me. Alex Bowman <laughs> or William Byron with 11 straight top finishes. Chase Elliott. Hey, William Byron. I mean, William Byron is T-U-F-F tough. <laughs> he is T-U-F-F tough. I like that. That's for sure he is. And, 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 and Mr. Consistent. He's as consistent as Iceman Terry Labonte, or at least that's the type of year that he's having already this year. I believe oh, yes. that the long-term effect for Chase Elliott is not good. We've seen what happens to a driver, uh, Jared, when you have a driver who is the most popular within the sport, but not the best driver from within the organization. Is Chase right. going to be able to, to understand that he's not the best racer at the Hendrick Motorsports organization. He waited his turn. He sat behind Jeff Gordon. He sat behind Jimmy Johnson. He <coughs> sat behind Dale Jr. This was supposed to chase Elliott's time to reign, and now he's been unseated once again by the stardom that Kyle Larson. It's Grand Larson at Hendrick Motorsports. <laughs> it's Grand like Larson. He's Stole the limelight from Chase Elliott. And not to take it away from Chase Elliott, Jared. Not to take it away from him. Because why? He's a champion. At least he got that championship. But I go back to what I said a minute ago. There was one other driver that had this problem, and his name was what? His name was Dale Jr., right? 
And we remember the, right. the psychological effect that this had on Dale Jr. When Dale Jr. got to Hendrick Motorsports and realized, I may be the most popular driver in the sport, but I am sitting third behind Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. That had a right. mental... And- yeah, go ahead. And Please. you got that and you got that you got that pressure of well Dale Earnhardt Senior and well that's my dad. I gotta live up because he won all these championships, he won all these races. Same thing for Chase Elliott. I'm a Bill Elliott fan. Like like I met Bill Elliott when he came to uh Mobile International Speedway several years ago when the NASCAR drivers came. I met Greg Biffle, Dale Earnhardt Junior's brother, Kerry Earnhardt, and then I had a chance to meet Sterling Marlin, but the line was long, but my dad went and got him. I met Bill Elliott. I was nerding out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is Bill Elliott. This is freaking cool." And so, like, like, like I told, like I remember getting my picture with Bill Elliott, and somehow it was back then it was 35 millimeter roll film, and somehow the film got messed up. I didn't get the picture, but I remember telling him, "I said, Bill, I think you're retiring way too early, and I, I bet you money if they was to bring him back and give him the same equipment and money." That they given Chase Elliott, Bill Elliott to win some races in his 60s. I believe it. He, he would outrun Chase. Oh, I agree. And 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 see, Chase has to live up to that Elliott name. And he's won some races, and he's very good. But you got Kyle Larson up there, and Kyle Larson, look, he's so good, he can win backwards blindfolded, and I think twice about it. <laughs> right, right. Backwards blindfolded. And that's, and that's where that's where it's going to be a problem in the Hendrick organization. I expect Chase after two or three years to finally get fed up with it and try his market another at another organization. I just do not see Chase Elliott taking the bridesmate <coughs> position that Denny Hamlin has taken for Joe Gibbs Racing or that uh, Brad Keselowski has had to take over at the Penske organization. I just don't. I think Chase's attitude and his mentality is, I've got to get out of here quick so that I can be the number one guy in the stable because I'm not going to be that at Hendrick Motorsports. Uh-huh. Have you have any of y'all gotten to meet Chase Elliott? No, no. sir. Okay. I I think that'd be kind of cool to meet him cuz uh, I've I uh I have friends who met him at when he come down to Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola for the uh race they do every Christmas. Somebody the, uh, right. Snowball yeah, Derby. Snowball Derby, yeah. And they said he's come down there, and they've made him in the pits, and that'd be kind of cool. to He'd be a, he'd be a cool driver to meet. Yeah. We're not but a big I fan you, of Chase Elliott around here. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to lie to you. What? We spent a lot of time cutting up on that guy. <laughs> well, who I want to meet is I want to meet, and my favorite driver of all time is Michael Waltrip. He's the funniest driver in NASCAR, period. Next to him, I want to meet is uh, Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is like the—he's the redneck version of—I uh, don't know. He—he just—he's just a good old boy. Goes out there. He owns his own late model dirt series team. You know, I think he retired too early. I think he's another one. Like a lot of these drivers, like if they get to the point where they're not winning races like they used to, and they're like, "Well, I just need to hang it up." And they—but I guarantee, you, if he would have got a win. Before he retired, he would have thought twice about retiring too early. But you know, but he can still go back and do dirt track racing, and he'll he'll still win just the same. <clears throat> you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with sponsorship and sponsorship money. The 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 whole leaning to the younger guys, I think this time around wasn't the fact that the older guys couldn't do it anymore. 
It was just that the younger guys were actually the cheaper option as the sport gets more and more expensive. Uh, Clint Boyer did not want to wind up in the same position that he was in last time, uh, racing for uh, uh, the, the Mr. Harry uh, Scott situation that he was in in the 51 team where he was not competitive at all, or the uh, uh-huh. the, uh, the 15 team basically for Michael Washer Racing. Had he had Michael Washer Racing and a little bit better organization, we might have gotten to see uh, a lot more wins from Clinton Boyer. Uh, but he oh, is yeah. one of those guys that I think uh, we'll truly miss. Now, is there any uh, – before we let you go, is there any interest that you have in this new SRX series uh, that uh, Tony Stewart and Ray Everham have, have joined together? What is your thoughts on excitement? <clears throat> is there is there any built-up excitement okay. with that? Or what do you think about so, that? I don't want to hear that. Hmm? I'm interested so, in your thoughts because I'm a big boy in this one. Okay, so I, I've been – trying to read up on this i'm super excited because i'm a tony stewart fan i love all these older drivers that are getting back into it ray everham's helping him bob labani he's another favorite of mine like like if i met bob labani and michael waltrip i would nerd out more than anybody and then like like i've been following bob labani on facebook and he's been racing that i can't think of the name of it but that local series he's been racing and he was racing overseas and the NASCAR uh, right. European Series, Euro, I believe Euro. it was. Right, right. Yeah, the Euro Series. And so that they, <laughs> since they got Bob Labonte on board and they got a lot of these older errors, I want to say Bill Elliott's coming back into it. Yeah. So it's yeah. basically going to be, it's going to be the new version of the IROC Series. I was a huge fan of IROC when they ran the Pontiacs, so I thought that was super cool and. Like, I think this is just reviving the old IROC series, Mark Martin, Eddie Cheever, all those big names used to race it. <clears throat> How do you, what do you think of the, before I let you go quick, the, we're t- since we're touching on it, obviously, tomorrow SRX brings out a driver announcement. Obviously, it's going to be Greg Biffle because it's obvious if you look at the media posts that they've been putting out, he's in the background. Um... How do you feel about them bringing in a local driver to race against some of these superstars, see what that local name can do against these guys? I think that'd be cool because when I met Greg Biffle, he was a super nice guy, guy's autograph. And I, I like Greg Biffle. He's won the truck series. He's won all kinds of races. For a to, for them to bring in a local guy to see if they can beat one of these legends is pretty cool. And then if they actually do it, will be super shocking, and then they can put that on their resume and say, hey, no matter what age they are, I beat this guy that won championships at this and this, raced in NASCAR for this and this years. You know, that'd be like uh, somebody in the uh, the USMTS Modified Series beating Kenny Schrader. That's just like a super big deal because he raced in NASCAR a long time. So if you beat somebody like that, you got bragging rights for a local guy. Most definitely. So uh, we're going to Coda for the first time. Uh, any thoughts on that, uh, Jared, before we let you go? All right, so when you say Coda, what is? It's the Circuit, Circuit of America. Of America. It's, wait, wait, say it again. Y'all, y'all were talking at the same. Circuits of the America. It's, uh, it, it's Oh, the, okay, okay, yeah. The Grand yeah, Prix yeah, that's be- of... Of Austin. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. I, I want to say, 
I saw where they're uh, they're bringing Paul Menard out of retirement to race that yeah. race. So that's going to be really cool because he's a road course true? expert. Yep, I, I saw it on Facebook. And I, I'm a Paul Menard fan. He only won one or two races in NASCAR. And people people may think he's a joke and can't win because his family owns a Menards hardware chain. But I think he's got a lot of talent. He just never had the top quality equipment that like Jimmy Johnson or somebody like that had. If he'd have had that, he'd have had way more wins. Uh, I think his average finish was somewhere around 24th. But we'll keep you, we'll keep you coming back, Jerry. We'll keep you coming back. Um, Paul okay, Menard cool. coming out of retirement is news to me. Um, I also heard that Boris Sed was coming out of retirement. Um, this is I love Boris wow. Sed. This is going to be a crazy weekend. It's the first time that we've gone to Austin. I I, I think I've been <clears throat> my displeasure I last week that uh, that we were getting rid of. Huh? I think they're pulling them out of the friggin' nursing homes. Oh, my gosh. Well, look, I, I, I do not like the fact that we traded a Dover uh, for a basically a, 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 another road course race. You don't take away a short track to give to a road course. I know that technically <laughs> this track was a Kentucky date or a Texas date or something to that, to that gander, but we lost a Dover race. And obviously, we all thought that that was a good race. The Dover race was a good race. Well, that's the only time this year that we're going to race there because that race, the second race, was given to Nashville. So I, I hope that this is a successful race at Dakota. I'm expecting it to be uh, basically maybe as exciting as it was to have the first uh, uh, race at the Roval race. But, guys, one, this is a humongous track, and once these cars kind of get separated from each other just based off of who Ford what, uh, it could turn into a snooze fest. So I, wanted, I want there to be excitement this weekend, but there again, I'm not a big fan of the road courses. I hate that we lost a short track race. Uh, but uh, so, Jared, we appreciate you coming on. We're, we look forward to having you on on a weekly basis. And... Uh, uh, you uh, catch some dirt track racing this weekend, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Yes, thank you very much, and God bless y'all. All right, thank you. Mr. Jared. You. Jared Hudson. It's Southern Dirt Track Report. Uh, appreciate all that, that they've done to uh, add to our show on a weekly basis, and we can, we'll enjoy having him on and uh, already on for the rest of the season. We can't wait to get both of these guys on together as well. Uh, so now we're going to our final half hour, which we only got about 20 minutes for this segment. This is where we'll make our picks. I think I pretty much got off into my Chase Elliott will not be at Hendrick Motorsports after in three years. Basically, I'd say 2025, Chase Elliott signs a monster deal to go drive for Penske Racing. I, I, I call it now Penske, Chase Elliott to Penske, 2024. Okay, 2024. Uh, I mean, I may be a little bit ahead, uh, but, uh, you know, hey, I am the guy who who, who somehow predicted Paul Larson in the Hendrick Motorsports years before it ever happened. I know. I know. I'll bow. I'll give the old Kyle Busch bow. But uh, so, hey, other than uh, Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl, what else we got to talk about? Uh, 
Um, well, we got a lot of uh, to cover for schedule for Coda this week. Uh, first visit to Coda, I believe, in NASCAR history. Uh, going to be interesting to see. We don't really know what to expect. We know who the road course drivers are and who and what drivers aren't. It's going to be interesting to see how where we our picks are going to lie. Um, obviously, we got a number of cup drivers racing the Xfinity race to get extra seat time. Uh, truck series will be interesting. I know they had 48 trucks enter, and I think eight are not going in. So, um, but schedule is go, will go as follows. All times I mentioned are Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so Wednesday, May 19th, will be the eNASCAR Pro Invitational iRacing Series at Virtual Circuit of the Americas at 7 o'clock on FS1. Then Friday, May 21st, at 3.05 p.m. Eastern, is the Truck Series Practice on FS1. The NASCAR Xfinity Series Practice is at 4.05 Eastern on FS1. Then on an action-packed Saturday, May 22nd, uh, let's see. We got the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at 9.05 a.m. qualifying on Fox Sports 2. The NASCAR Cup Series practice at 10.05 a.m. Eastern, also on FS2. Xfinity Series qualifying is at 11.05 Eastern on FS1. The Camping World Truck Series Toyota Tundra 225 at Coda will take place at 1 o'clock Eastern at, on FS1 and MRN Radio. The Xfinity Series Pit Boss 250 will take the green at 4 o'clock Eastern at, on FS1, PRN Radio, and TSN3 for you Canadian folks. And the Arca Menard Series will take the green at 8 p.m. Eastern at Coda. For, or no, not at Coda. Um, the Arca Menard Series is in action this weekend Toledo. for the Toledo 200 at 8 p.m. And that's only on track pass. Sunday, May 23rd, we'll have qualifying for the Cup Series at 11 a.m. on FS1 and PRN. And NASCAR Cup Series Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, PRN Radio, and TSN main broadcast for the Canadian fellers up north. All right, so we probably should get to the picks since uh, we've got about 17 minutes left. And uh, I will say, and this is, I'm going to use... I'm going to use Miss Lee's reverse psychology here. She calls the, her reverse, reverse juju. Uh, those of you paying attention in our chat room, in our message said, I have picked, I have picked Stuart Friesen to finish eighth at Coda. Now, if I do, I do that hoping that he will actually win. But I'm hoping that by picking him to finish eighth, he'll actually get the checkered flag and and make the cut. Uh, but I'll let you guys go first, as I've got to think of my true pick for the uh, for the truck series. 
Oh, Chris, you're the points leader. Let's see what you got, buddy. Oh, wow. On the truck? <laughs> I don't think I'm leading in the trucks. Um, so I guess, I guess on the cup pick, you know, this is where Chase Elliott shines. Uh, he should be the favorite uh, going in to uh, the race this weekend. Uh, obviously, Hendrick Motorsports is hitting a stride. Uh, he, he, uh, uh, who's won a road course since Chase Elliott has been on his hot streak? Is there, is there anybody that's really set aside? Uh, Bell at Daytona. Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. wins. That's who wins. MTJ. No. Ooh, M- yeah. M- yeah. Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Sucker. Oh, huh? damn it. What did you do? Slam your finger in the door? No. Well, with your pick, yes, you did, because that was who I was aiming for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the best thing, if you want to keep up with me, is to uh, is to share my pick. I've been seeing Wait, you've been doing no, a lot of that here lately. Well, last week, Chris. Huh? That didn't work out real well for me last week. <laughs> <laughs> so Taz, you're a smart man. Don't be like that guy from the south. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You had the same pick as Mr. Jason over in Ohio. Chris and I were on the same page with Kyle Larson. Yeah, Larson. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you that's guys right. picked Larson, that's right. Yeah. Well see, I was given see what I was doing was I was trying to help CJ out. He will have because he can't be bothered to join us on Tuesday nights, and he can't be bothered to get his picks in except for on race day. So well, he's got the fault I was, picks. He gave me those. Yeah, he's always got the fault picks, and they're usually going to be Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, Noah Gregson, and Ben Rhodes are the fault picks. Yeah, well, so uh, you know, I, I tried to help him out and, and go with his guy and give his guy the benefit of the doubt. His, Guy maybe sucked, sucked worse than a two dollar hooker at Price Chopper. I don't know. Woo! Wow, that guy heated quick. Woo-hoo. Yeah, Dad, but see, I'm gonna go with Kyle Bush again because I think he is gonna be pissed off this week, and he's gonna have something to prove, and he's gonna do well. So that's my cup pick. I'm fired oh, up, got buddy. Two series to go. Yeah, you only have well, two more series to I, go. I, I want to look at Chase Elliott, to be honest, like Chris mentioned, but Chris took my pick. I mean, you can't go wrong with a guy who's got multiple wins this year. He's he's a top driver in road courses. Joe Gibbs, I mean, the most wins for any team this year. It's headlined by Truex. you got to go – you gotta go with the with T Rex. You gotta go with the Truex, man. Oh wow! I thought you were gonna switch it up and go with Bale there. I really did. I really felt like you were gonna go to Christopher Bale. Nah, he hasn't given me any hope to get to make him a race winning pick. Again. Yeah, but you're gonna see this weekend. You need to pick Christopher Bale. I promise you. I mean, in a way, I really feel like this is this is this is gonna be where Bale's dirt car experience flashes over to road course experience. This is going to be where Bale, who has a 
ton of short track experience, a ton of dirt track experience. This is going to cross over, and uh, it's going to be. Now, we're also leaving Brad Keselowski out of this. Brad Keselowski has been known to be a hell of a. a, a Kevin Harvick, too. Kevin Harvick as well. So we're leaving good names on the table here uh, as we uh, zone in on. And and Miss Lee, she took him. She took Chase. Oh, ah, my gosh. Look at that. Strategy there, my all right, friend. All right. So all she did, all she did, who picked Chase? All she did for you, Taz, is prove that you're going to lose. Because remember, uh, whenever she <laughs> picks the driver, they end up shitting their pants. Oh, come on. Boo. This has gotten worse than the poop reference between Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon. That made me uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's go to the truck because I'm not seeing anybody with any uh, with any left turn, right turn experience here in the truck. Stuart Friesen really looks a like couple. a good pick. I see uh, a truck couple. Kaz Grala, I think, is a... Uh, Sleeper John Hunter Nemechek, who has one at a Kaz road Grala course. Is in the truck this week? Yes, Kaz oh, yeah, is. is. Yeah, I've also found Ryan Truex's name, and Ryan Truex is a hell of a driver. So he's one of those that uh, that could definitely uh, find his way to victory lane. Sheldon Creek coming off a win, you know, um, so that's a valuable pick. But I did. I, I mentioned his name already. I'm going. I'm going way outside the box. Hell, I don't even know if he's guaranteed a spot to race. Uh, I would hate to see him not even make the race. But uh, I mean, when I see Ryan Truex's name on here and I see him in a Nice Motorsports uh, uh, truck, I, I, I really I'm afraid to pick anybody else. I, I think Ryan Truex is uh, is the guy to beat here. So I'm, I'm going double Truex already. I'm doubling down. I'm I, taking another trip. I think he's guaranteed. I think he's guaranteed in because of uh, truck charter. I think. I think that's how that works. I don't freaking know. Look, I really, uh-huh. I, I really felt the Kaz Grala, but I felt like the Nice Motorsports truck is a guaranteed spot. And so, if that's the case, then I feel a lot better picking. Uh, Ryan Truex, but Kaz Grala is definitely one that I would keep my eye on all weekend. Well, I mean, can you? Because he is kind of short. You might have to look down. Ooh, interesting. Oh, Very I got him all night, baby. This guy is, uh, he he has, he got his uh, sleep last night or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come oh, on, get your pigs, trucks. Let's go. Who's All right, I'm gonna pick? go with I'm gonna go with Parker Kligerman. Um, I think he's gonna do well. Um, let's see who else we got. Xfinity. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Algar because I'm sure he's gonna. Are. I'm gonna. I figure he's gonna he's gonna make me a winner at least one week, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have more – I think I do have more wins than anybody this season, I think. Yeah, you swept the weekend with the Kyle Bushes, and you earned yeah, extra 20 points, so, yeah, you know. But you, yeah, but you can't hold on to that to that pick lead for long. No, I no, mean, no, no, no. See, see, 
see. Yeah, so you wait, take away that twenty I, on that grand total, and all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> well, listen, listen I work with somebody. First. I work with somebody. I work with somebody who picked up his very first win in the in the limited sportsman this year, and he thinks he is God's gift to the limited sportsman series. And uh, I said that to him the other day at work. So. Uh, <laughs> And he knows he's going to be on with us in a couple of weeks, and I bust his ass about that all the time. I said, "Well, holy crap, man! You got one wing, one win, and you think you shed his ice cream." I said, "What have you done for me lately?" I only bust well, I know who my shed his ice cream in the Xfinity series. I'm gonna go ahead and name my pick as well. That's AJ Allmendinger. Come get oh, you, you. Oh, Come get you some. Come get you some. Because I wanted to go Austin Cindric. I wanted to go Austin Cindric, but I gotta go with the dinger, baby. Gotta go with the dinger. The The ringer is the dinger. The dinger is the ringer. There we go. Well, Chris, Chris, you and I are on the same page for Xfinity and Cup. I don't know how dangerous that is, but my truck pick. (laughs) Nobody has said. Um, I'm looking at a couple that might ring some bells. Um, obviously, we can look at Ryan Truex and Kaz Grala. I see some veterans in, I mean, Ben Rhodes won the Daytona Road Course, so that's not a bad pick there. You also got veterans like Matt Crafton maybe in there that could Sneak one in. Maybe we could see somebody like Todd Gilliland come in there. Or maybe an Austin Hill. Oh, hey, for shoots and giggles, we can go for the great end finger. Or we can go John Hunter Nemechek. He's got a couple wins. I mean, Brand they're kind of given to him, but he doesn't have Kyle Busch to help him out this week. So... <laughs> Wow. Therefore, my pick comes out of the KBM stable. I'm going for a long haul on this one, but I have a little faith in him. Chandler Smith. Oh, pulling the 18 out. And I picked him a few weeks ago, and literally everybody was like, whoa, whoa, but then he had a good race that race, and he really showed that, you know, there is some promising talent. I'm not sure what's going on with the uh, production of the next, you know, Cal Busch Motorsports really rung out some damn good drivers there for a little while. I'm not sure what's happened in the last couple of years, but uh, Chandler, I, I felt like should have uh, should have already been shining a lot more than what he has Christian Eckes as well. Uh, those two guys are uh, the young guns in the Kyle Busch Motorsports fleet. And, uh, we, I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can ever get their act together and uh, put together some solid finishes. So, uh, Xfinity, we're still hanging on the threshold for your Xfinity pick, uh, Mr. Taz Taylor. Uh, who are you zoning in on for the Xfinity series? Same pick you had. You and Miss Lee. I was riding the dinger train, too. What? What? Oh, so, so, what so there will be zero points gained or lost this weekend. 
Is that is that is that I mean other than in the truck. I had I had Almendinger written down before anyone said him and Miss Lee said him first, so I was like, All right and then you said him and that's when I reacted and I was like, Come on I had him written down before anyone said him. It makes me want to change my pick to Austin Cindric. I was thinking the Cindric, but I I'm going with the Dinger. I can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with the Ringer. I can't go like wrong dinger. with Dinger. I can't listen, do it. Listen, I'm going to pick Bora said. No, I'm kidding. Really? I was joking. <laughs> listen, if anything, you'll win by a hair. Do you think Boris ever got Greg Biffle's address? Probably not. Do y'all remember that? Do you remember when Boris said that he was going to go kick Greg Biffle's ass at his house? (laughs) No, I don't remember that. (laughs) I'll have to share it to you when the show is over. It's hilarious. Because Morris said that basically, if I had the man's address, I would be at his front door to kick his ass. So uh, I'll, I'll send y'all back into time and give you uh, give you that video there, that video clip, and then we'll share it to Race Chat Live page for anybody who's listening and wants to find it as well. Guys, we've had a hell of a show. We're three minutes till to about two and a half minutes left in the show. Uh, without going over tonight, we'll go ahead and get our closing uh, statements in or uh, anything that's maybe coming up. We have racing this weekend at Wild Out Motorsports Park. In two weeks, there is a humongous, humongous uh, world. Uh, I mean, this is this is big. When I say it's the 604 Sportsman, model, Sportsman Lake Model's biggest race of the year, uh, this is coming up at Magnolia Motor Speedway uh, in, in, in two weeks. Well, not this weekend. Uh, but next weekend, uh, let me uh, let me get you uh, get you filled in here real quick. We got 90 seconds. Um, anyway, uh, we'll have uh, shoot. I can't find it. Okay. So anyway, May 28th through the 30th is 602 Sportsman World Championship at Magnolia Motor Speedway. A lot of cars. I think it's a lot of money on the line there. Uh, Wide Out Motorsports Park's racing this weekend. Make sure that you support your local track. Hattiesburg Speedway's racing as well. Go out there. Uh, guys, what else y'all have? No, I just, I, I don't have nothing this weekend. Fonda's running. I believe Grill Enridge is up and running finally. Taz, the uh, Mower Tire Predator Series starts next weekend. Super excited for that. And uh, that's Woo! opening night. And uh, more team music is sponsoring it, so that makes it even better. And maybe one of the Rakowski kids will get a win and make some money. All right. Taz, 10 seconds. Follow TNT Designs on Facebook. We got Race Chat Live stickers, TNT Design stickers, $5 each or $20 for five. Depending on what you want, get a hold of me for all that. This has been Race Chat Live with the Caution Flag Radio. DJ Music Man, Ted Meeting Double Flaggers. Chris Creighton, Craig Moore, I'm Ted Taylor. So long, good night. We'll see you next week for the same night and place for Race Chat Live. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. Straightening 
Day Robin Hood. <laughs> 